some things that you can do when you are going through and either wholesaling yourself or looking to buy from a wholesaler is just communicate. You're almost like a transaction coordinator where you've got all these moving pieces. You're trying to orchestrate everything to get to a closing. If you're not communicating with a buying party or answering their phone calls, then it's less than professional. (laughs) Let's put it that way. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right. All right. Welcome back. It's good to have you this week. Today, I'm going to talk about a deal that we were looking at buying from a wholesaler. I've been talking a lot lately about, hey, if you are looking to buy something, save yourself the trouble of marketing dollars and go out and actually work with a bunch of wholesalers in your market to buy properties. And so I'm just going to kind of go through an experience that we just had recently and some things that you should avoid or look out for whenever you're working with wholesalers, because this has been our experience. So we got a deal that came through. My wife was looking at it and she was going through, taking a look at all the information that they had shared. I actually went out and looked at the property and I've just got more experience, I guess, getting out there. And when I first walked the property, I looked at it. They were asking like 255, I believe was the purchase price. Their ARV was $360,000. Repair budget was like twenty-five dollars or $30,000. So from the quick back of the napkin math, it looked fine. You know, it was a twenty dollars to $30,000 profit on those numbers. So I go out and look at it and everything's wrong, right? The ARV is maybe plus or minus their ARV. You know, comps in the area were showing something that could support even higher. At least from my look at it, this is the only reason we pursued the deal. The value... I thought for their ARV was for a different style of property. And so I was like, maybe we can get this thing and sell it for a little bit more because the rehab budget was nowhere near $30,000. And so we ended up going and I called the wholesaler and I was like, hey, tell me how you came to your prices. This is the tip portion. So if you're going to talk to a wholesaler, ask them how they arrived at the price. I mean, this is like negotiating 101. You can do this with anything that you're working on. If you're going to put an offer in an apartment complex or you're going to put an offer on a single family house, ask the broker, ask the seller, hey, how did you even come to this price? Like, How does this even make sense? Let me know how you got to your number and then I can work backwards and see if I can rationalize that. So I did the same thing. I just asked her how she got to her number. It was just more like an educational call that I had with this wholesaler who also has a real estate license. But it was clear through conversation with her that she was kind of getting into the market, but she presented as though she knew a lot more than just being a beginner. So anyway, we had a great conversation. I was like, look, honestly, I would need to be about $210,000 to buy this thing just on the repairs that are needed. There's a lot more that's going on here. It was a flat roof and had solar panels on the roof and two for a 2,400 square foot house. It had two fully contained furnace condenser units on the roof blowing in. So just had a lot of weight on top of the roof. And for a flat roof, I can see why they may have needed two different units. Anyway, getting into the weeds there. The whole point is, we had this conversation. I said, this is where we would need to be. And then we could just kind of left it at that. She was like, ah, I've got other people who are going to buy it. No big deal. It's like, okay, cool. Um, no problem. If you find anything else, send it to us. And we left it at that. Some time went by and they couldn't sell the property. And they came back to us and said, hey, $230,000. So we went and looked at it again. I still thought we should have been at 210. And yet they were working with us. We were like, okay, look, it's first time working together. I think we can probably sell this thing for a little bit more than 360. So let's go ahead and do the deal. It's still going to be tight. It ended up being like a $70,000 rehab with all the stuff that needed to be done. Uh, the roof needed to be fixed. They had an insurance claim that was filed that they did not actually use the proceeds for fixing the roof. 
right? So we went under contract with the assumption that the seller was going to fix the roof. After we're under contract, very short option period, two days, they decide to tell us that the seller's not going to fix the roof. They just want to pocket the money. It's our job now to fix the roof. So we're like, eh, that's already, according to their estimate, $6,000 that's gone. When you're putting offers in on properties and there's been an insurance claim with no seller proceeds, a few things that can happen. One, it may be harder for you to get insurance on the property because the repairs that some insurance company paid out for have not been um, have not been performed. So you can get what's called a clue report. It's like a comprehensive loss, something report that'll tell you what's happened to that property and any issues because that's the same report that any insurance company is going to pull to tell them the risk associated with buying that asset, right? Or to insure that asset. So anyway, when we found that out, we kind of rubbed us in the wrong way already. And then we went back out to look at it again, sent our roof back out there again. And he's dug into it a little bit further. He's like, look, there's no way this thing is going to be 6,000. This is going to cost like $25,000. You got these solar panels, you got this going on. All these things, they didn't even put the roof on the right way. They didn't weld it. It's a flat TPO roof. They didn't weld it down. So all the things started coming up and we we're like, guys, look, this is $25,000 roof. Like we need a, some kind of discount in the price. And they, they didn't want to budge. They said that they sent a roofer out there, got a $13,000 bid. And we kept asking him, hey, send us the bid. We'll use your guy. If he's going to give us a guaranteed price, we'll use him. Let's make it happen. But just give us a $13,000 discount because that wasn't in the agreement. So they decide not to give us a discount. And so then we back out of the deal. We are like, look, you guys, there's a term in promulgated forms in the Texas contracts where if you don't give the seller disclosure notice prior to signing, then it gives the buyers the opportunity to back out of the contract if it's delivered after. So you have seven days, I think is what it is. And so since they didn't disclose that they got an insurance check on that, I mean, we were like, what else is missing on the seller disclosure notice? What else didn't they disclose? And they also didn't want us to do a hydrostatic test on the property. And there was a little bit of movement in the foundation. So we were like, we had a camera guy go out and he cameraed all the drain lines or at least the main drain line, but he couldn't do the branches. And so it just like a lot of things in there were like, they probably had some kind of backup. They probably had something they're not disclosing because they didn't disclose the fact that they got this insurance check. So anyway, we backed out, but this wholesaler being new, but not so new wants to keep our earnest money. And so just know, at least this is in Texas, if you go and you put money down on a property and you back out for good reason per the contract, then sometimes the seller or the wholesaler or whoever you're working with will not handle themselves professionally and they will try to keep your money. And so that's kind of the situation that's going on right now. And I would think that if you're trying to build a relationship with somebody like me, who's buying, paying cash, has done a ton of deals, you wouldn't want to just be so short-sighted that you'd hold back a $5,000 check. And you know, like, hey, if we can just bring decent deals and you know we work together with this guy, they're going to buy a lot of property from us. But no, they don't want to. So again, I'm just trying to explain some of the things that can happen in these transactions. It's not the first time that earnest money has been tied up. We had another deal where it was tied up for like a year and a half. And then we got it back. It's a pain, but you know, it's just part of doing business. And obviously we won't do another deal with the other guys that held it for a year and a half. But hopefully these guys will just look at it. I know the broker, I know the people who they work for, and they should. So they should release the money. All that being said, some things that you can do when you are going through and either wholesaling yourself or looking to buy from a wholesaler is just one, communicate, 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 be an open line of communication. One thing that was troubling for us is that my wife's trying to get, this is Melissa, she was trying to get all kinds of information from them and they weren't communicating back to us. So again, if you're a wholesaler, just communicate like, hey guys, this is what we're working on. 
you're almost like a transaction coordinator where you've got all these moving pieces and you are in the middle, you're trying to orchestrate everything to get to a closing. And if you're not communicating with a buying party or getting back to them or answering their phone calls, then it seems it's less than professional. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And so avoid that if you can, right? It's like one of the main things in real estate 101, just answer your phone, be respectful and try to get the deal done. So anyway, that's one of these wholesale deals that we literally just just backed out of just because of the way things were going. So hopefully this helps you if you are looking to work with wholesalers and just kind of clues you into a couple of things. You know, I rattled off a bunch just now, more of a rant than maybe an educational thing, but hopefully you got something out of it. Another exciting thing that we are working on right now, we just got a small apartment complex under contract here in San Antonio. And so we'll be working on that whole thing if you think it'd be helpful thinking about doing just a series, these short 10-minute clips on Fridays about the process that you go through. I know I already did take an apartment full cycle, but this could be more of like something in real time as it's happening. We're going out tomorrow to do a bunch of property tours. We're going to have lease audits being done. We're going to be checking out the roof, walking all the units and doing all that stuff. So I think it might be helpful just to record a few things and thoughts as they're happening. And we'll put that out probably over the series of you know three to four weeks or maybe the next couple of months, just because the process of getting the loan, right? How that goes, the people that we're working with, the fighting the property taxes and getting insurance on the property, all these things right now in this market are a little bit more challenging as far as like insurance even. It's an older 70s build, flat roof, window units type property, right? 24 unit deal. And so getting insurance on that. I've already had conversations with some brokers and they're like, yeah, it's challenging right now. And it is, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. So again, just walking through that process and sharing that with you so that you can see what I'm going through might be helpful. So we're doing that as I've been talking about the last couple of shows as well. We have launched the Ram Capital Fund One. So we are about to go through and start doing full-blown marketing for that deal in order to start bringing investors on. If you're interested in that, you want to talk to me about that and what kind of returns you can look at through that system, then reach out to me. Again, podcast at Agents Building Cashflow will get to me. And I'm happy to have calls with you on that. Alternatively, you can go to the link in the show notes and it'll take you directly to a landing page that has some information on there and a way to book a call with me on there as well. So enjoy it. And this may be the last live recording we've got before the Christmas break. So happy holidays and enjoy the weather. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.